Welcome to Radio Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Matt, Alp Duez, here we are, on top of Alp Duez. We're literally on top of Alp Duez. Um, just one second, just going to do a bit of cricket foley. That's crickets. We are in a quite a nice hotel overlooking what can only be described as a magnificent view. I mean, actually, it's awe-inspiring up here, Brad, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. It is, and some awe-inspiring <laughs> riding today as well. Today was still trying to get my head around it. Mm. Um, Tom Pidcock, I mean, what can you say about Tom that's not already been said, other than he's living up to the hype, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And um, we talk about him being a potential tour winner, but that was... You, you know, you can't... Every every single race he does, there's another... There's like another onion, level. Yeah, another level, yeah, another page yeah. is being turned, and he's only 22 years of age. I mean, he made history, didn't he, to the youngest rider yeah. ever to win on outdoors, and, and the way that he did it, and also the significance of the way that he bridged across the fact he was with Chris Room for a while, Chris yeah. Room got third. The whole day um, was, was a big day for, for, for British cycling again, wasn't yeah, it? But it it's was. uh, ushering in and a I new think, era, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, and also... Um, it was it was apt that we had Tom winning and Froomey third and then Geraint yeah. coming up behind as yeah. well, wasn't it? Because I think that um, it was like a hand in the baton, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and he would have been inspired by those guys watching him race, wouldn't he, as he's growing up? Oh, massively. Um, so it was just, it was fantastic. It was a lovely picture I just seen Geraint posted of him congratulating Tom at the end. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. Really, really great. And um, when we come back down to the hotel, we, I saw... Uh, Michelle Froome Chris's wife and the kids they were sat down there and uh, said hello to him and Chris was on FaceTime with them and I said hello to Chris well done this is by the Movistar bus yeah, wasn't it yeah. and it was just lovely for them as well because I think Chris deserves that it's testament to where he's come from and testament to him as an athlete to come back from I don't think people realise just how bad he was when he when yeah. he crashed a couple of years ago and was it two years ago now 2019 19 so yeah. three years ago it took him to come back and I mean that must that's a that's a big day for him that yeah you know, that shows he's still he's still a world class rider on his day totally I mean and, and apparently he's he's not far off his the numbers that he was putting out when he when he won the tour no you know, so but but um, no that that was great to see him aggressive and attacking crossing that gap and then I think the other significant part today was we know how prodigiously talented Pidcock is but what about the descent Brad because you were on the motorbike descent I was there first hand saw it I mean just just describe the speeds that he was going and, and, and well, we were hitting 110 easy down the quad fair on the wow. descent there but the Galibier uh, the producer Jocelyn in my ear said um, uh, Pidcock's just done a uh, a um, a descent de malade that's what he said okay mad a, a descent de malade descent. sick descent yeah well speaking to people a lot of people think it was borderline dangerous but that, that he, he pushes it he pushes well, the I mean, limits and look, the, the, it, this new generation he, of runners he's in control of himself when he does it yeah and I, th- I did say that in the prologue when I was following him in the prologue and he'd rain he was doing it in the rain the way he was taking the corners compared to other riders in the rain and the projection he was getting out the trajectory and the projection he was getting the, 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 the momentum he was carrying through the corners in the wet I, I said on TV when I was doing the, the hit on the motorbike at the prologue I said it was a joy to watch someone the way they handle their bike like he does and there's only a few riders that do that and they, obviously it comes from a cyclocross background Pogacar's one because he was a national cyclocross champion wasn't he um, Matthew van der Poel Wal yep. Bernal, and it, it's a joy to watch them transfer that to the road in, and I know Chant, just back to that TT bit about his ability to corner and the confidence that he has and when you think he does generally run a slightly lower tire pressure than everybody else because it gives him that extra little bit of grip, mm. um, and he's quite and he's light as well. Yeah. So that he's, he's running a lower pressure, but because he's so light, it doesn't actually make that much difference to run resistance. It just me- means that he can corner, really bank it, really bank it over, 
and um, and as you say, do things that are almost superhuman to a lot of people look dangerous, but clearly they're not because he, there, there was from the little bits I did see, there was no sketchy moment, no no locking up into a corner. Mm. They're all smooth, clean lines, weren't they? What um, do we know? What time he did up from a Strava point of view? No, I don't. No, no. I don't know. We'll I wonder how, how what sort of time he did compared to you know the record up here or Pantani and the like. You know, because it'll be interesting actually because he did it pretty much flat well, out. He, and, way, yeah. and he didn't he didn't lose too much time on the group because I think. In the valley, they picked a bit more time. I think they hit the bottom of the climb and they had 6.03 and he still had two and a half, three minutes in the end. Yeah. Only yeah. lost three minutes. They've been away all day yeah. to Jumbo Bisma and then the attacking of Tade Pogaccia and Vingigo. So that just shows he didn't capitulate at all. Obviously no. shipped a little bit of time, but the way that he rode, um, that measured effort uh, and also the, the boldness as well. He knew what he needed to do and, and went long, didn't he? Eight yeah. Ks out. That just shows somebody who's really in control yeah. of what they're doing. I mean, he's, um, he rides with such maturity, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and confidence. And for a young kid to do that and, the, and display, you know, execute a performance like that, when he's in a group with someone like Chris Froome and that, you know, not to be overawed by him, it's phenomenal what he does. Um, and, and hats off to Ineos as well, because I think this has been a, a real change for them, this Tour de France. They've Massively. There's been a different atmosphere around the team. They've been... Um, They've got a great leader, stroke captain in Grant Thomas. You know, they've got the likes of Luke Rowe and that. But for Tom Pidcock to perform like that, obviously it also comes from the, the, the environment they're in with Steve Cummins, the environment that Rod Ellingworth has now created there. Yeah. And they've been a joy to be around this tour. Yeah. No, totally. I chatted to Steve Cummings before the stage and I asked him about Tom Pidcock in particular. The A dis- little bit of disappointment. Yes, they faded a bit, but dropped outside the top 10. He said, well, there's, there's no bad thing. He had, he had a little bit of an off day, but now he's 11th. It gives him free range to get in a move. Yeah. And, and the plan was, again, speaking to Geraint at the finish, was the plan to get Tom in the move? Yes, it was. So they executed the plan to yeah, perfection. Yeah. But again, there's executing a plan because you don't know who's going to be in the no, move with you. No. But the way he dispatched everybody else, that's a solid group of climbers, wasn't it? Chicone, Froome, uh, Menkes. It was a real solid group yeah, of climbers, but absolutely. He, he distanced them all. It was brilliant. It's brilliant to watch, and it's hard to sum it up. It's still trying to digest it all. I was, I, I was, I was a little bit tearful, Brad, when, when he crossed. Yeah. I was quite, I was overcome. With, I do get overcome with emotion sometimes with, with cycling when you know, when you know the effort that somebody's put in. You know, it's such an iconic place, and you look at the list of winners over the years here. First winner here, 1952, Fausto Coppi, for God's sake, um, and the second British rider to win. I mean, it, it is. It's up there, isn't it? It is, I yeah. think, the most iconic place. And it's, it's powerful to see, especially, you know, we wear a heart on a sleeve. We're, we're, we're British and yeah. we're, we're proud of our, our riders. And, but to do it in the, in, the, in the manner that he did it, for me, well, it, it, it bowled me over. I was, I was, yeah, I was well enough. It is. It does have that effect on you, doesn't it? Um, and I watched Tom come across the line in person, so I wasn't watching it on the telly. Um, and I saw the joy in his face. It was, it was remarkable. And I think the Alpine summit finishes are almost more iconic and have more meaning than the Pyrenean ones for me right um, we were just talking over there who's sat opposite us here now and the, the, the Norwegian TV yeah. is sat on a table yeah. next to us and we've got Kurt Atley Arvison who won a stage I was teammates with him at Sky of course he was with CSC and Dagot Tolorison who won in Luzardi Den in 87 um, he's a lovely man isn't he he's is it fair, it's fair to say he's probably the most bronzed it looks like a piece of wood doesn't he he's like in, in, in a little like polished is, teak he he's got a, a, a chain of sunbed shops in Norway it's just uh, called yeah, well, Dag no, Sunbeds yeah nobody talks about that do they they don't and it's a little side, um, side it's since. a little side doesn't earn big money off of it but it's just enough to just it makes him happy Brad well I think he's a, it's a testament to his um, commitment to people who want to get suntanned mm. who've got low melanin <laughs> in their skin <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's a lovely man and what a bite lovely ride man. And, lovely um, man we were talking about Sean Yates today weren't we as well we was Is it, so Sean Yates was up on the Galibier riding today wouldn't he with uh, Stephen uh, Dion he was yeah yeah. so Sean's here somewhere we haven't seen him he doesn't no. typical Sean won't let us know he's here no. we'd love to have got him on the pod who else did we see today Pippa York Pippa York we saw her at the finish that was, it was lovely to see her back. I said to you straight away what is, isn't it great that she can be back here in, which very much is something that's part of her yeah um, and the change she's gone through and I thought it was a real joy to see her smiling at the finish and uh, I asked her straight away you know um, was this the one you went off course on because she got went down the deviation she said no it was, so it was one of the other finishes wasn't it because she would have won the stage wouldn't she that's she right yeah. Diverted off. yeah she was with um, the, she was the, with Simon Gowans another Tour de France stage with yeah. yeah and, and on, that, yeah, on that particular day she was with the is it Massimo Girotto of, C- of Carrera Girotto Girotto wasn't so it so I saw him at the Giro so he does Rai TV at the Giro. He's on the motorcycle as well. Yeah. And I had a good chat with Massimo. Fourth in the world's in Agrigento, 994, okay. when Luc Leblanc won. It's great when you see these old riders looking around. Yeah, I mean, you clearly love it. You've gone on the motorbike. When you see all these old faces, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's lovely, great. isn't it? It's great. And one I see every day, I'm cl- really close to, actually. He gave me um, his yellow jersey a couple of years ago because uh, I was 12. And it was the first Tour de France I watched sporadically. The first tour I watched back to back was like a sponge that I ingested everything I watched it all winter was the 1993 tour but the first okay. tour I sort of switched on and off and saw bits and pieces of was the 1992 tour right and Pascal Lino finished fifth who's here and he held the yellow jersey for 10 days he RMO gave, didn't he he gave me one of his RMO yellow jerseys um, and he's here he drives around lovely guy um, and I got to race with him so I watched the Tour de France in 1992 Remember Pascal Lina ran for RMO fifth overall that year. What held the yellow jersey for ten days? And then towards when I was eighteen, I rode the Pro Tour of Britain in nineteen ninety nine. And Pascal it was the last year as a professional. He rode for Big Matt. And he, Did he? was he because I was riding that as, he as well. That race where he I forgot he, about that. Yeah, so he got third on the last stage into Edinburgh. The Rob Hales one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I got to race with Pascal, and I got to race with Eros Polly, who I watched win on the Monvon too, and. That's the lovely thing about cycling. I got to race all my heroes. Yeah, when you look at like Pidcock, 22 years of age, oh, yeah. Philippe Gilbert riding in the field at 40. Yeah. And, and then like everything in between, that Geraint, Froome, I mean, it's, that's the one do, thing I do love. Well, the many things I love about this sport, but that, that um, the way it can span different generations and you can be inspired by somebody and then a few short years later, yeah. you can be racing with them uh, yeah. and you can be teammates with them. It's beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, Tom was born in 2000, was he? 1999 or 2000 Tom he's 22 because yeah. my, my lad's 21 so yeah he's got to be yes, mad to Pete's just that, checking it out on the internet but he's yeah uh, we talk about us being lost for words he was a bit lost for words I bet he was I didn't see his interview at the finish how was that it, it was good he was but he was trying to find find the words because he's, he's actually quite an articulate young man yeah, he you is. know but um, here we go 1999. So he's 1999. Yeah, 22, 1999. What, what but um, 30th of 30, July. 30th. Yeah. So the week so after. Just the week after Lance won his first tour. Indeed. But no, he's um, yeah. He, he he was lost for words because it it was a dr- and he's not shy of saying this is my dream just to ride the Tour de France. But yeah. It's his first Tour de France yeah. as well, and to come where the stage win like that, as you say, it's nothing short of magnificent. But okay, big. It's a big, this is a big big question, Brad. I know you don't like big questions like that, but do you think? He has the potential to win a Grand Tour. Definitely. T- yeah, you do. 100%. Okay. I actually think of all the Grand Tours, he has the potential of winning. I think the Tour de France suits him best. Whether he does or not is another thing, obviously. Yeah. But I think with the right route, given a couple more years, I don't think we should rush him on that. No, no. But bear in mind his age. Um, you know, if you think in the next 10 years, would you, would you bet some money on him winning a Tour? Yeah. 
You would, wouldn't you? Because he can time trial as he well, can but can't he? Once, and I think once he starts to specialise in an event like the Tour de France and focuses the whole season around it and a team is built around him yeah. with sold leadership, which he will get one day at Ineos, yeah. um, because I know he still has aspirations to go to the next Olympics in Paris and win the mountain bike, the time trial and the road race. So once he's done <laughs> he's and dusted... lofty ambitions, isn't he, that lad? Brilliant. You, you wouldn't put it past him, would no, you? No, not at all. Once he's done with those ambitions and starts focusing solely on a Tour de France, as Pagacar does, as Vingegaard does... I, I think he's, he's, he's. You'd see him up those with those yeah. three. Well, Ineos have gotten on. A, I think his contract is 2026 or 2027. Yeah. Massive long-term contract, and that's clearly built in because what they're allowing allowing him to do, which is massively important, is to choose his own program. He is that talented, and I mean, because the most important thing for him, I think, is that he enjoys his bike riding and he clearly loves it, doesn't he? He's able to express himself. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what a day! It's a day to remember, mate. It is a day to remember. And one thing we can't forget, Brad. Is, he was a, a rider from Team Wiggins as well back in the he day. Was, only a few yeah. short years ago now. Yeah, I mean, um, we were lucky to have him, really. It was a privilege to have him. Um, but I think Tom would have, wherever, wherever he had gone, he would have made his mark, left his mark and still been here at this stage. I don't. We didn't really assist him in any way in, in getting to this position. Tom knew what he was doing from day one. Very focused. And yeah. um, wherever he went, it was about facilitating Tom's aspirations, really, and giving him that opportunity to, to, to get to this point today. Yeah. And wherever he'd gone, he would have done that. Um, and, you know, by no, there's no, no means we had any part in, in, in his success today. <laughs> True story. So, Brad, we've got fish and chips, haven't we? Let's have a try. Um, I wonder if it's frozen fish and chips. I'm going to have a chip. With, I've dipped it in some sauce. It's like a um, tartar sauce. I'm just going to pop that in. Oh, f- me. That's like dog. <laughs> Is it? No, it's lovely. <laughs> Dinner update. Drink to wow, that. that was a mountain. It was nice, it was nice wasn't it? Was well, right. I, I've, I've given that fish nice. and chips. We're very close to the sea as well, so it's yeah, fresh. I mean, if you, I say, if you look hard enough, fresh, you can see the sea somewhere. But that wasn't, wasn't too bad. There's some chips. It was all right, Matt. It was all uh, right. A bit of fish. It wasn't crispy duck, but it was all right. It's clearly frozen, but it's absolutely fine. And I feel quite um, sated. So, Brad, you're off on you tomorrow. You've got a really early flight. I am, but you are going to be back soon, and you might be doing a few little micro pods. I'll be doing a few little micro pods. I want to keep it up because I'm enjoying doing it, man. You know, it's nice, nice to get out there, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, basically, he moved the microphone really close to his lip, and then he Mumbled. kind of stuck his tongue out a little bit in a in a sensual way. <laughs> in a dirty way it was an int- I think it's an intriguing ambiguous way it is actually anyway um, it's an intriguing um, and ambiguous what's podcast. tomorrow then Matt what's tomorrow because I ain't going to watch the tour now for three days St Etienne well I won't I won't life takes over you know I've got things to do people to see places to go I ain't going to have time to watch the Tour de France I'd love to watch it but I don't have a telly so I'll be catching up. You'll have to text me some updates, Matt. But I'll, I'll I'm in the studio from Monday onwards watching the old um, the tour, giving my views. I will, I will one thing I will say, one thing I will say, for followers of all the Shinwi, Madame Blythe and all them lot, I ain't going to be doing any dancing. What's that? Because I don't do dancing. My I've moves are reserved for, you know... Private gigs. Private gigs only and uh, behind a paywall. Yeah. Like only fans. I mean, I think people would love it. I've seen you move. You're quite a mover. You, you've got Matt, a lot Matt, of uh, flexibility in your hips. 
Yeah, I, I've got a bit of jiggy with me. And you, your knees are still holding firm as well. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of lateral movement, I've I noticed. Can, I can dance, trust I've me. Seen it. Trust but me. people should Matt, pay. I can dance. That's but all I'm going to say. Anyway, yeah, so we'll, but we'll micropod next week. We'll, we'll give the viewers what they want, the listeners. And then uh, we'll be back. Back next week. We will. Last three days of the tour. Can't wait. It's going to be a fascinating last week of the Tour de France. What is tomorrow? St. Etienne. I think it's fair oh, to Saint say. Etienne's it's the transition a, stages now, isn't those it? Those are going to be my very words. But I'm quite long, 193k. Um, yeah. But uh, two or three third cat climbs. But definitely one yeah. break, I reckon, mate. And then I think when we get to Mond and those stages, they're going to be um, they're going to be the... I don't think there's not going to be massive differences, are there? But they're just leg breakers before we get to the Pyrenees. Yeah, definitely. I think Mondo, there could be a couple of little gaps, but I think the way that the GC riders are, especially Vingigo, really, and and, uh, and Pogaccia, save for the ground, and are joined at the hip, aren't they? So we'll There was a see. moment today where I watched Pogaccia attacking up the last couple of K here, and it looked like Vingigo was just going to, the elastic was going to break for a second, and then Pogaccia stopped. They had like half a length, didn't they? Yeah. But you're clear they're both on the limit pretty so much I at think, the same time. I think we're in for a ripping last 10 yeah. days of this race. Quite a few GC riders had a really yeah, bad Gordeaux, day. Yeah, I saw Gordeaux at the finish. Um, they all paid for yesterday's efforts, didn't they? Yeah. And that's the thing about G's. He's won the tour, isn't he? He's got that, that calm demeanor. Shows him in good shape he's in, doesn't he? Yeah, it? he's in really, really good shape. But he's not responding to those big accelerations. No. He's just winching his way back into contention. Yeah. In that linear fashion that has served him so well over the years. So and what, uh, you never know. You just never know no. what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Well, Brad, looking ahead to the week where you're away in the cube, we've yeah. got some we've got some big we've got Mond, where Steve Cummings won. Yeah, of Mont. course. Uh, we've got Perigode and we've got the Hotakams. So we've got some big destinations yeah. and some big, big stages. Yeah. Hotakam, that's uh, gonna be a great one, isn't it? And then of course we've got the big TT, the forty K time troll. Cahor. Whoa, Cahor. Yeah. Reminded of Cahor in nineteen ninety four. Joe year? No, you're gonna have to tell me. It was Jackie Durand in a heat wave. Solo. Solo. Yeah. Was it one of the longest breaks in history? Ahead of Stephen Hodge. Well, Stephen Hodge, yeah, of Onsay. No, he was riding for Festina by that ah. point. Uh, but Jackie's around French champion. He was on, I think it was Jean-Louis de Bastille. Bastille Day won there. It was the day Chris Borman climbed off in the Tour in 1994 because he obviously won the Yellow Jersey that year. But, yeah, I remember watching that. Yeah, final Yop update, Matt. We've got some interesting news from the ground here on Alp Duez, haven't we? Yeah, um, we had some Yop. Well, it wasn't Yop. It was Hooky Yop, yop wasn't it? Um, yes. But well, but, well, we think the reason why... It was a poor man's Yop. ...is because yop Pete sales are down. went into a supermarket um, and the Yop section was completely and utterly empty. Um, and we think it's because of the new momentum that Yop has got off the back of... Uh, us being well, well, Bradley, we quite, quite keen appreciators of, yeah. of said dairy drink. We, we're forcing him into a sponsorship deal because they've not contacted we're us. We're throwing on them into, into a sponsorship deal because they can't refuse. Um, <laughs> but no, so we are the Bradley Wings Show sponsored by Yacht, whether they like it or not. Mm. Um, <laughs> I like that. I bet that's a different it's, it's form a of sponsorship, of Brad, isn't there. it? It's, a bit it's, of it's, it's forcing them into sponsorship. When they, the thing is, we're customers. They can't do anything about it. They so can't. if we want to be sponsored by Yacht, we we're, will be. We're, we're self-sponsoring we're, we're, we're ourselves. happy to self-fund it. Yeah. Um, but we'd also like to come in with a lot of money as well. I also want to do that thing I said as well, by the end of the tour, get a bathtub full of Yop and, and, and lay in it. That would be... That would be that'd we need a lot make, of Yop. We probably need a sponsorship deal. Too. I think we need several litres or gallons. Right. I would, yeah. A bathtub's a big bathtub, isn't it? Yeah. We're not talking jacuzzi size, we're talking bathtub size. Yeah. And not, not a bath that you bath a baby in. No, a rock, a proper roll a proper top. One. Proper roll top. Six foot three. Yeah. You're a big lad, aren't you? So you yeah. need a lot of yacht. What, what, what flavour yacht? to fit in as well. What, what yacht would you prefer to sort of be sunk into? 
any particular flavour. Ooh. Because you're going to be smelling of it afterwards, even when Goop you rinse fraise. off. Goop phrase. Goop phrase. We have a mixture. Can we get enough goop phrase in gallons to fill up a bathtub? We'll have to speak to our people. We'll have to speak. But do you know what? Do you know what? Funny, Matt. What? <laughs> <laughs> just slap Matt's leg. He just slapped me on the leg. Give me a dead leg. Um, it's not. It's just fine. If you mixed various different colours, combinations, because of the, the viscosity of the yop, it wouldn't mix. It'd all stay... It'd it, all it stay would be like, like a marbled effect, wouldn't it? It would. It would be quite, be quite nice. Colourful. You could be laying in some sort... Like, by your ear could be peach. Yeah. By your gonads could be like fraise. Yeah. To Cocoa by your feet. Like vanilla. Um, tell you what, the world's our oyster. Oh, we need an update. Never for, chocolate. Never, oh, no, no, never chocolate. Bar for yop. <laughs> oh, we need a uh, Colombian news reporter update. Where was he today, Brad? Oh, Victor Hugo Peña. Yeah, where was he? He was in a field, wasn't he? He was in a field in the middle of nowhere, underneath a crane. Next to a ditch. <laughs> we <laughs> love him, but he tell you what, he chooses some fantastic Victor. places. Victor's it's, a great guy. It's but like they, a they choose the, the most random <laughs> places as far away from <laughs> everywhere else as possible <laughs> in a field full of bumblebees and wasps Yeah, it's just to, it's, to do their little piece to cameras. I have to squint, and each time he's further and further it's away. There's Victor on top of a hill. Yeah, it's, it's like a different time zone. Oh, I could see the pub from here. Brilliant. We love Victor, don't we? Victor's we'll have to get him great. on the pod. We'll get him on we'll the pod. We'll get him on the pod. Get him on the pod. We love you, Victor. So, yeah, I'm off tomorrow, Matt, and I'm in the tube next week. In the tube? <laughs> I'm in the tube. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the tube back you're in you're using the tube to get to the cube? I'm in the tube. And um, I'm using the tube to get to the cube, yeah. Um, so I'm there, and I'm doing my bit with them, and I'll be back next Friday. I'm looking forward to... I'm going uh, to be leaving, actually. Um, I'd, I'd just love it on the ground, and this is where it's at. Well, Brad, it's been great, and I shall see you in about a week's time. He just... He's, oh, yeah, I'll see you in a week's time. Man. Cheers, mate. Take care. Oh, thanks for listening.